Hey everyone, it's Kobe. And it's Kyle. And we back for another episode. Yep. Uh, like bra straps, the like Cairo Pratt, like uh, what's the other back thing? I don't know. But like we I are never back. left, but that doesn't really rhyme. No, it doesn't. Anyways, hi, we're back, we're back. Um, we're excited to chat with you guys. We are going to be talking today about kind of an extension of the family systems theory. Um, we know we said last time, we're like, oh, this is the end of our family systems theory. But, you know, God has his own plans and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> Not blaming it on You got to throw God into the mix so people believe you. you know Dang, saying? bro. Um, no, but really, so... Um, some of you guys know or don't know that I recently um, came back from OnSite. So OnSite is an organization that puts on workshops um, for people who want to experience emotional um, health and wellness. I went to their Leadership Academy, which is specifically a program for um, people in the behavioral health field, therapists, psychologists, things of the like. Um, and the program was half therapy like half experiential therapy it was bomb with the b yes so good you have to bring the b at the end back bomb and um and the other half was just learning about how to build and grow sustainable wellness oriented organizations it was amazing it was life-changing for me um I'm going to do an episode that recaps what it was for me. It was it was literally a godsend. Like, words can't describe what God did there amongst a group of strangers. If you're not familiar with experiential therapy or psychodrama, it really is about not just um, talking about your trauma to resolve it or, you know, using heady, brainy, cognitive, you know, um There's no therapy couch. Words. You're not... Laying on someone's You are lap. acting out. You are acting out your trauma. And you are resolving it. Because trauma is held in the body. And so you are moving your body as you're resolving this trauma that you're acting out. It is bomb. Bomb, bomb, bomb. Can't I just can't explain it enough. Um, but we had um, a facilitator. Her name is Jill. Jill is an angel. Her real name is Michael. She thinks she fooled us. She has not. Um... And she... Oh, as in the angel? Yes. Okay. I was like, well, I thought you were talking about something else. No. She's an angel. <laughs> she, like, she's an angel. What a horrible way to out somebody. No. On I would, podcast. No, oh no, no, no. Um, thanks for clarifying. Jill's real name is Michael. She's an angel. She, Got it. Um, yes. Yeah. So she had Jill said is such an amazing person. She reminded you of the angel Michael. Yes, Kyle. We Got clarified. It. Okay, I'm just saying because it's, it's kind okay. Of... We clarified. All right. It was me saying that I love Jill. Anyways, um, <laughs> she had made a comment that really stuck with me. Um, so, fun fact, from my understanding, one. Sorry, my brain's everywhere. Um, the founder of OnSite is the person who created the family systems theory role, family systems role theory. Yes. Um, <laughs> and also the term codependency. So um, it's an amazing place. But anyways, Jill said something. She was talking about retiring um, a role. Right. She said to, to someone in some context, she said, you know, um, it's time for you to retire this role. And I had been chewing on that for my own life, for my own work. Um, 
my marriage, my, my, my role as a parent, like retiring the role. We've talked about these roles that people can play. Granted, there are more than four, um, but those were kind of the four ones we want, core ones we want to go over. But there are these roles that we can play in our lives. And what I experienced at Onsite is the reality that you actually can retire a role. Like I can say I no longer want to be the family hero, even in the most healthy form. Like I can say I no longer want to be the scapegoat. I no longer want to be the lost child. And what I got to see and experience myself, especially when I got home, is how difficult it is to try and leave that role behind. Yeah. You know, it's like I want more for my life, God. I, I want fullness. I want the abundant life. I want life more abundantly. But that means I have to give up this role. Um, and for me, it made me think, what is this role offering me? Why is it so hard to retire it? Do I really want to retire it? And what is retiring a role? <laughs> right? Yeah. So today we wanted to get into a little bit of what retiring a role is. If you hear sips and slurps, it's because I'm drinking tea and Kyle is drinking a glass of bourbon or something. Yes, or something. Or something. <laughs> um, some bourbon with some other stuff. Coke. Coca-Cola. Coke and, and Coca-Cola. key lime. Not normal lime. Key lime. Oh, my God. All right? It, it adds a different edge, y'all. We're going to have a podcast we'll about have a conversation the best about way to incorporate your bourbon into life. But How Kyle is so bougie when it comes to his beverages. Um, so I was talking to Kyle about this, and he was like, okay, explain, explain a little bit more. What are you talking about when it comes to retiring a role? And I had said to him, you know, Kyle, I was on site, and while I was there, one, I realized that, like, the idea of being in a role kind of felt like I had no choice. Hmm. Like, I just have to be the scapegoat, you know, yeah. for, for just example. Like, I just have to be the lost child. There's no space for me. There's no room. There's no opportunity. Um. And what I got to experience outside of the lens of shame, because that was the work that I did, was most of my life, even the the frequency at which I put this podcast out, you know, um, how I how I set it up, like I need to be have this many podcasts done in advance. I need to make sure I have my pictures on point. I gotta make sure I'm offering opt-ins. I gotta make sure, like none of those things within themselves are bad, but from what place are they coming from? For me, if I'm being completely honest, shame. If I am not impeccable, if I am not excellent, then I'm shameful, right? Yeah. And those weren't specific words that were said to me as a child or growing up, but those are words I received, you know, as a mm-hmm. black woman, you know? Yeah. That's what happens when you grow up in suburban areas where you're the token. You have no choice but to be excellent. And if you're not excellent, you're shameful. Um, yeah, it's too much weight on your back, man. You set you setting the whole the whole uh, culture back ten years if you use the wrong word in a sentence. So. Yeah, seriously though, it's seriously, like, dang, bro. I really just made black folk everywhere look bad. Yes. Now and I gotta wonder if the next black guy that comes and interviews, if they're gonna remember that I said ain't. <laughs> yeah. In that meeting <laughs> in yeah. front of the CEO. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, um, without the lens of shame. Meaning for me, without the obligation of impressing people, without the obligation of um, inspiring people, without the obligation of what can I do to help people existing in a space as Kobe and just Kobe with full worth, with full authority in Christ, I don't have to 
be a part of any role. And that was mind blowing to me. I was like, whoa, I can really retire a role. Jill, what are you talking about? What? Like, I can just, I can just stop, you know? And, (laughs) and when I was there, it was like this mind blowing, like, yes, I can just stop being, you know, the person who is codependent in so many ways, you know, the person who's constantly, who's constantly, um, uh, I don't know what codependence means. I mean, I know what it means, but I don't know. Do you want to intro like what you mean when you say codependence? Yeah. So codependence is, um, essentially, um, being, having an unhealthy reliance on another person's life, feelings, experience, particularly a partner, and oftentimes it pertains to people who've experienced some type of mental illness or addiction, right? Uh Um, And so for me, I realize I'm, like, very codependent, right? How do I I get this done while making you happy? Not how do I be myself. Yeah. It's not what do I want. It's what do I want and how does that intersect with what you want, Mm -hmm. right? People who are codependent don't have the ability always, not saying in every single situation, but don't have the ability or feel safest. Rather, they have the ability. They just feel safest when they're constantly considering other people's perspectives. Why? Because it helps them control the narrative, right? I don't want to ever feel, and this is like a thing that's true to me, I don't ever want to feel like I am, my choice or my decision (laughs) is something that pisses people off. You know that person where everybody wants to get pepperoni? It's like, what do you want, pepperoni? What do you want, pepperoni? What do you want, pepperoni? And someone's like, cheese. And internally, you look at them. Like, everyone said pepperoni. Just say you're cool with pepperoni. Leave the room. Yes. And then that person. But what's funny is what annoys us about that person is the fact that we weren't bold enough to do that for ourselves. We aren't bold enough to be true to our own desires in amidst in the midst of a room of people who want something different than us, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of us were taught to do that, right? Part of it's cultural, right? Like yeah, I come well, from. Part of it's, you know, social ramifications. Because yeah. at the end of the day, I really don't like being around people that like vegetarian options. Like, oh, if, well. I'm, if I'm being <laughs> honest, and not in the sense of like, oh, I don't like those people, but it's like, okay, I really want to go out to eat. Who's going to be at the top of the list? It's probably not going to be the person that only, you know, that's vegan on, on Thursdays and gluten-free on Wednesdays and is always true to what they legitimately need. Very mm. often, the most the most viable social person to interact with is the person who is most willing to be whatever the group needs them to be. And that is exactly why so many people are codependent. Because we we may not hear someone say what you said, mm-hmm. but we sense it. We intuit it, right? We intuit the reality that it's easier to love me, easier to be around me, easier for someone to draw near to me and for me to be less lonely if I am less true to myself. And that is the dilemma with retiring a role. You hit the nail on the head. Right. So how do I retire this role, maintaining, um, you know, fidelity to who I am as a human being, but also connect to people? Well, it means it significantly decreases the pool of people who even want to connect to you. Right. And specifically when we're talking about this role and we're, we're talking about families in this role and these roles can show up. Something they said on site that really stuck with me is they said going to work is like going to family reunion every day. Someone at work touches on another person in your family system. 
whether it's you, your mom, your dad, right? Mm-hmm. What annoys you about that person, what you love about that person, what makes you want to yeah. chat with that person all day, or what makes you want to turn around and walk the other way when you see them, Yeah. right? All of that comes from your family of origin or lack thereof family mm-hmm. of origin, right? Um, but, you know, what you said was, was spot on is I think that we have to, like, I wanted to get on here and be like, you can retire a role. You can just up and quit. You don't have to do this. You don't have to be the hero anymore, right? And part of that's true, right? So when yeah. someone retires from a job, it is not necessarily their job to find the replace- replacement. Depends, mm-hmm. right, on the place. But for the most part, if you decide to leave your job, give two weeks notice and leave, mm-hmm. it's not your job to keep checking back, did you guys ever find anybody to do yeah. what I could do? Do they need anything else, right? Yeah, yeah it, yeah. it is now the organization's job to figure that out because I'm no longer part of that organization. Yeah. Right? But at the same time, now you're alone. <laughs> now you have no income. Now what are you going to do? Right? Yeah. And I think that I would be so wrong, honestly, if I were to get on here and be like, retire your role, leave Bump your family. Don't go to Thanksgiving no more. Let them finish the dry turkey by themselves. They can do the dishes. Not, they grow, not you know, the dry turkey. <laughs> like, I could, I could do that, but I would be missing the reality of what I'm experiencing right now. Yeah, is outside of this role of codependence. What is there? Mm-hmm. And I think you know. So we're having this conversation live because we typically do these things live because we want to be authentic and not not filtered um which i guess is sometimes good and sometimes you know not as optimal but when you say retire yeah what do you mean in retirement because there is yeah retirement it can mean a lot of different things to different people right like old yeller got retired I don't know if you know that story, but like they, you know, they sometimes you got to take the dog out back and and you tell the kids they're retired, but they're just, they're gone. Mm. Um, And then there's, you know, the person you worked with for 30 years that like they put in their time and like Mm. they leave on good terms and they're retired and they're going on to the next thing. And the people within the system are almost happy for them. You know what? Yeah. It's your time to go. You get the send send off party. Yeah. Yeah, You know, it's like, oh man, we're going to miss you. With the Costco cake. It, it's the moment where the, the family system or whatever system, it's almost like you paid your dues. Yeah. We're proud we honor you. you for that. You don't owe us anything else. Yeah. Go on, live your life. And then there's, like, you're, you retire yourself. Where it's yeah. like, hey, I'm, whether you feel like I paid my dues or not, I'm out. Like, yeah. I can't do it anymore. Whew. And re- retire can be any one of those things, but, like, well, there's I am the, the Michael Jordan of... retire, right? Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm gone. Play. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. Now I'm back and I'm playing for another team. Yeah, right? I, I'm going Ooh, to play baseball. What an analogy! But if... LeBron's better. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we, yeah, we can talk about that later. But that is, that is the perfect analogy. Most of us, when we try to retire a role, because we have not figured out what about that role we did not love, Mm -hmm. and what about that role did not serve us, then what about that role we want to change in another location, Mm -hmm. and how we'll engage in another system, we end up doing the Michael Jordan retire. Right? The Michael Jordan retire is I played for this team, I was faithful, I was good, I didn't necessarily get all the support I needed, but I went hard on my part. Mm -hmm. Didn't matter what you 
did, I was practicing hard. It didn't matter if you was partying, I was going to sleep early. You know, it didn't matter what how many times you showed up to practice, if you showed up hungover, drunk, whatever, I did my part. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but I don't feel like Michael Jordan... Did I say Michael Jackson earlier? No, you didn't. Okay, I'm like thinking, like, what did I say? If you are in the position like Michael Jordan, obviously I don't know his inner thoughts, but if you are in that position and you retire from the Bulls figuratively and you're not understanding what that what team... What you're leaving and what why you're, you're leaving. Yeah. Yes, what you're leaving and what that team offered you and why you stayed so long, mm-hmm. you're going to end up going to another team to try to do the same thing and it's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. And you I know, think, you know, part of part of the reality, we can say, oh, yeah, like, just retire your role. Um you can do something different. There's a reality that, okay, well, one, it has to be stated that you've been operating in a role for a long time. That means your skill set, the way that you process the world, the way that you interact with um, people, places, and things have been filtered through that role. Yeah. Right? So you may very well find that the places in your life that you value yourself most are only available in the role that you're talking about retiring. Mm. That's fine if you want to retire. But you also, just like Kobe has just said, like you have to you have to be honest with yourself about what the role has been giving you and how you've been utilizing it, what you've been taking from it, um, and the reality that there's a good chance you're not going to be able to take what you like and leave what you don't. Yeah. Especially not in the same family system. Maybe you can take what you liked about your role in one system and then leave that system completely and start a new system and try and build that new system around the role, the aspects of the role that you enjoyed. But it's not it's not that simple. It's yeah. not like, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. In Kobe's world, she's she's becoming healthy, er, and so she's got to figure out the parts of the role in which she interacts with me and our child that may be helpful mm. to the unit but may not be healthy for her. Yeah. And then Levi and I are going to have to respond to the ways that she she either pulls back or gives more. And there's no such thing as a clean break as she retires the role. Like there's yeah. there's going to be some some things that it's going to be touch and go, right? Yeah. It's, it's and there's not going, going to be, be friction, easy. right? There's there's absolutely going to be friction. Um, Which is why I feel like that third option that you mentioned where it's like, whether you think I'm ready to retire or not, I have to go. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is the only type of break there has to be. Mm -hmm. Is like, this is killing me. Codependence for many people is killing them. You know, shame for many people, though it's a slow, insidious, and unassuming death, is killing lots of people. Right. Like I before I went to onsite, I was completely drained, completely drained, not physically. And you would think physically because I'm pregnant and doing all this stuff. But like emotionally, I was drained. Right. Like um, someone who is coming out of codependency, one, it's going to take a lot of time. It's going to take a lot of effort. This is what I talked to my therapist about. Um, But I'm learning how to be okay with people's answers as they are particularly Mm -hmm. yours so if i kyle is extremely honest so if i say hey babe do you want to pick up levi i just want to finish this note really quick he'll say not really but i will 
him being honest enough to say not really, but I will, will make me rush a note, <laughs> have a bunch of typos, then go get Levi, internally feeling resentment, like, why am I going to get Levi? He literally has opportunity to go do this, and it would have been easier if he did this, but he never said he wouldn't do it, mm-hmm. right? And so for me, um, codependence has meant I need to make things as convenient as possible for you. Yeah. Right? And if you're a part of any system, you're you're experiencing a measure of codependence. Yeah. Right? That's why when someone says, just tell your mom, blah, 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 or just tell your dad, blah, 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 or just tell your brother, blah, 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 the first thing they say is, I can't. No, yeah. you can. <laughs> you feel like you can't. Yeah. Why? Because there's an unhealthy emotional reliance on another person's experience. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, like, this is why I love the friends that I have. Like, Alicia, she's a therapist local here in Charlotte, North Carolina. She would be like, hey, let's go hang out. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. I'd be like, oh, I need to uh, chat with Kyle because I can't just leave him with Levi or I can't just... And granted, Kyle is great with Levi, right? So <laughs> I can just leave him with Levi. Mm-hmm. Or I'd be like, oh, like I don't know. I don't how, Well, let me see what Kyle's doing. And she said to me in the most tender and loving way, you rely a lot on your husband to figure out what you want to do. And I was just like, uh, <laughs> my <laughs> business, Alicia. <laughs> We're not that close, <laughs> right? But it was... It was one of those things that was so real mm-hmm. and I needed someone to say that, right? Because, you know, for a long time, I felt like I didn't have a voice and I kind of am realizing for the first time in my life, I'm creating a life that looks like me. I never really thought I would get that. I thought mm-hmm. I would just have to have a life that was acquiesced to whoever had the most sway in the room. And when we lived in the city where everyone you we knew was who you knew, mm-hmm. it was just whatever you and that system wanted, mm-hmm. you know? And so it was interesting to, to have her say that probably three weeks before I went to onsite, go to onsite, experience just like this life-changing encounter, honestly, come back, be like, I don't want to be in this role anymore. Who do I want to be? And then struggle. I mean, struggle. Yeah. Sit there staring at Kyle, and he's like, what? what why are you looking at me like that? What's going on? And I'm like, I really want to ask what your opinion is on this, but I'm realizing I don't need to ask your opinion. I need to figure out what I think about this. And it's something small, like, how long do I bake the chicken for? <laughs> you know? And, like, yeah. he's just looking at me like, what? what is, you know? And so, like, it takes one. You can retire a role, but it takes time, mm-hmm. and and then intentionality about what you're doing. Yes, right. Like as you do it, I'm not as like on the flip side. So obviously, we are working through this real time. This is all new. Yeah. Um, I I have a choice as part of the family system to either acknowledge Kobe has. I I have a perspective. And my perspective in this can dramatically shift, maybe not what happened, but how it happens. Yeah. Right? So I can say, Kobe needs to retire from who she is. How am I going to, to respond to that? Am I going to say, bro, you ain't even put in enough work for, like, for your first sabbatical. Like, you <laughs> haven't put seven years in yet. Like, yeah. much less, you're not ready to retire. You have not built enough up here to change roles. Or I can say... I'm going to value what you've done. 
you've put in your time, you've put in your dues, you deserve to move on to something better. However I can support that, I'm going to do my best to support that. The system as it is will survive without you. It doing this, when you where you can fit in, we want you here, right? Like you know, like that perfect, yeah. nice, organizational outcome. But I think what you're saying, even though it sounds good, is like I think that sometimes feeds into the roles that people have, like the idea that I need to, like that you would support the the role shift. Once I put in my dues, right, finger, huge finger quotations, once I put in my time. But you have to realize your time as any role in a family system that's dysfunctional is time that's borrowed, you know, for yeah. for the system. Like, the, the system never deserved that. <laughs> the mm. system never earned that of you, you know. And so, for me, my responsibility is if Kyle says to me, as my husband, who loves me dearly, but is obviously flawed like every human being in the world, if Kyle says to me, I don't like, I still need you in this role. I still, you know, I don't feel like you've put enough time, all the things that he said in his, in his former statement. If Kyle says all of that, it's still my responsibility to leave the role, right? If mm. that's, if that, if one, if I have the capacity to do that, if I have the support to do that, and if I know it's something I want to give up, right? Because forcing mm-hmm. anyone to do anything is never going to work. Right. But also, um, one, you don't have to end up as another one of these four roles um, in a different system. Maybe (laughs) we actually get to be like, I'm going to create my own role. Yeah. Maybe I am the 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 none of them. Right. Maybe I'm just Kobe. And sometimes I can be a hero and sometimes I can be a lost child. And sometimes I can be a scapegoat and sometimes I can be a mascot. And sometimes I can be the best or worst sides of each of those coins. But at the end of the day, all of myself is worth loving and accepting. And that was what I got out of Mm OnSite was I got to express, and I'm going to do an episode that kind of recaps it. I got to express pure rage. Like, rage that growing up I was told was unacceptable. Rage that, you know, I felt in our marriage is unacceptable. Rage that was deep. And the rage that would make you feel ashamed if anyone ever saw it. Mm -hmm. I got to express that rage fully at 100%, turned up 100%. And at the end of it, when I was sweaty and broken down in tears, I got to have a group of women hug me and cry with me and tell me that I was brave and courageous and radiant. Never in my life did I ever think I would get that. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm going to cry. Never. Never in my life did I ever think that, that I could express that type of anger and on the other end of it, on on the other end of, like, this cadence of, like, this silence be affection mm-hmm. never 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 and like it it being on at on site expanded my capacity to understand god's grace mm-hmm. and god's affection for me because if a room full of strangers majority of which were white women in the midst of this climate could see me express rage like that and then hold me and cry with me 
and make me feel like I am no less a human being because I express these feelings that are honest to my experience, Mm -hmm. it obliterated shame. Obliterated it. Just blew it all up, right? And a part of my role in my life and our marriage and my Mm -hmm. family of origin and your family and all that is like rooted in there's a part of me that no one can ever see. There's a part of me that has to always be gone. But retiring a role is not about punishing people. It's not about leaving a system to prove that they need you. Mm -hmm. It is about being your true, authentic, God-given self that you can live life more abundantly. Right? And so, you have anything else to say? Yeah. I think think it's important. I'm glad you made the distinction. Um, For reference... (laughs) I was calling back to what we had talked about earlier and using that same language, but I see I see why that same language is problematic. Ultimately, my job or my choice, right? Because everyone has a decision. I could choose to be like, nah, bro, like we've been married for however long or whatever. Now you're trying to switch it up. No thanks, you know, or whatever. That That's something I can choose. Or um, just like every family system and just like I have to do as I try to retire the unhealthy roles and you have to do is to decide, um, well, one, <laughs> is what I'm gaining worth more than what I'm giving up? Mm. Um, if the answer isn't yes, then, you know, it. then the whole situation is no longer complicated, yeah. right? But um, it, it probably will be yes. Like, you probably are going to get more than you're giving up. But two, um, the family system, the system, if it's going to accept you, is going to have to have a value for what is being gained um and it's going to have to have vision (laughs) almost prophetic vision Mm. um to believe that what is being gained is worth fighting for even even if in the immediate it feels like a whole bunch is being lost now whether i support you or not you've got to make the decisions you've got to make yeah right so it's like i don't i know i believe you would rather have my support (laughs) Did not happen, but oh, you're gonna make absolutely. the decision you're gonna make regardless. Yeah, and so I I think that we probably have a we have problems in our relationship, but we have some some benefits and some blessings. One of them is that I um I'm I'm pretty I'm for the most part user friendly in specific ways. I'm very not user friendly in a lot of ways, but um. I am submitted to the idea that in God's calculus, the inputs I think that will produce this, you know, specific results, they haven't really been doing that. My whole life I thought, you know what, if I want to be safe, I must make myself hard. I must close myself off. I must build as many walls between me and the things that will make me feel pain. And that's how I'll be safe. In God's kingdom... He flipped it. So I was that for 20 years. Yeah. I did not feel very safe. You know, all, all of the, the, the attempted suicides and the depression and the addictions and all of that proved like it did not work. In God's kingdom, he came along and said, hey, strip down all the barriers. Um, give me as much access to the most vulnerable parts of you and give up your right to make yourself safe trust in me to make you safe and you'll be safe Mm. total opposite sounds stupid yeah i tried it it worked Mm. 
Mm. The more I try it, it continues to work. Yeah. Um, and so in this, it does not feel like the right thing, right? The natural thing is, well, the system works. It doesn't really work. It's just working. Mm. There's a difference between something that's actually healthy and something that is just, you know, existing. Um, and so Kobe's helped me see in so many different ways how the most valuable parts of who I am are actually the parts that I started out with and not the things I adopted so the world would would feel better about me. So all she's doing is is recognizing the thing that she is constantly trying to teach people, that there's good in you yeah. that the world didn't give you, yeah. that, that, came, that came from God. Yeah. Um, and if you can get back to that, as dangerous and courageous as that may be, you may find that what the world needed this whole time was not the you that you made yourself to be for their sake, um, but what you and the world needed was the you that you were in the beginning. Yeah. Um, the one and that was fearless to be yourself because all you knew was to be yourself. Not saying that you you revert to a two-year-old and you're selfish, but a part of healing is selfish. A part of healing is selfish in the purest way of like acknowledging that there's something worth protecting. Yeah. Um, and so, not easy, but... I think when we talk about retiring a role, the first thing that that really has to be solidified, um, because if it doesn't start internally, no one else will will do it for you. You've got to believe that what you are is worth protecting, Mm. that what you're seeking, the role that you believe is there inside of you, regardless of the system, is worth challenging the status quo for. Yeah. And if not, the system will not protect it will not protect you by itself. Yeah, oh my gosh. Kobe's got to make me see, you know what? You're going to get more of me, even though it may feel like in the beginning you're getting less, right? Yeah. Like she's got to she's got to believe it for herself because I there's no way I'm too human to just be perfect husband and be like, yeah, like do whatever. I'll, you know, it'll all be great. Like she's mm. at some point, her healing is going to rub up against my brokenness. Come on, And she's Kyle. going to have to make a choice between me and and the tension in our relationship or lack thereof yeah. and her own healing. Oh, my gosh. She's okay. going to have to make the right choice. We're going to need to, yeah. So this is, uh, in our next series, we're going to talk about um, relationships and relational currency. And this is literally hitting on a, a lot of, a, this is hitting on all of this stuff. So... Sorry, I just got so hyped. Yeah, what Kyle said. What Kyle said. But we are going to pick up right here in our next episode. So in our next episode, we're going to start about talking about relationship, Mm. talk about healing, talk about relational currency and what that is and how it affects our lives um, and how it affects how we heal and how it affects how we relate to God and all that stuff. So because we love you and we don't want this episode to be an hour and a half, we are gonna cut it short here. Um, I don't have any answers for you. I don't want to be like, and this is how you A B C D E F G. But I do want you to ask yourself if I didn't have to constantly consider how other people would feel and react about what I want 
I was not constantly anticipating the needs or the emotions of the people around me, mm-hmm. what would my life look like? Yeah. Who would I be? What would I do? Yeah. Right? And we're not talking about arrogance. We're yeah. talking about self-worth. There yeah. is a difference, right? There are people yeah. in our lives who think only about themselves because yeah. they believe they are better um, than everyone. Yeah. And what they're doing is they're making everyone else less than to make themselves more. We're talking about yeah. the reverse. We're talking about making yourself more while acknowledging that everyone else has value, but mm. that you have a responsibility to yourself that's yeah. different than your responsibility And we're to talking others. about you having just as much value as the people that you're constantly bowing to in your heart. Yeah. You know, those people that you're in shock and awe of, imagine that you have just as much value. Woo-wee. Okay, so we'll see you guys next week. I'm so excited. Can't wait. Any other words, babe? Um, no. Uh, happy Juneteenth. I know this is coming out in July, but I'm probably going to say happy Juneteenth every month until next June because that's, <laughs> that's how I feel right now. Yes. So. Oh, and thank you so much. Slash shout out to the Inner Circle. The Inner Circle is an amazing group of people um, who our family they're a part of our patreon um which is our subscription model for giving out extra content two extra podcasts a month journaling resources live q a's all the goodies mental health resources literally all the good stuff for just ten dollars a month super affordable super worth it if you want to join check the show notes and you can just in one click join our patreon join our family and help us do what we do continuously and sustainably yeah yeah all right you guys we'll see you next week thanks for joining us we love you until the circle comes back around bye guys bye hey everyone thank you so much for tuning in it means the world to us if you guys didn't know we just reached the top 200 mental health podcasts in the u.s and we want to keep pushing so make sure to rate review and subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend Also, join our Patreon. It's $10 a month. You get mental health resources from a licensed trauma therapist. I mean, it's pretty amazing. It's an amazing family, so join the inner circle. Plus, we dropped our merch. It's been a crazy time, and the slogan, Protect Your Peace, has never meant more. So grab your t-shirt, hoodie, or crew neck when you get the chance, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye.